We've kind of called uh, this session a bit of a huddle, a huddle session. So last night was our rally. We, we kind of, we all rallied together. We heard the gospel, um, which was so good, and seeing uh, this, this hall full of so many different people. Uh, but this morning, before we head out, we're going to be huddling together. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, I was uh, given the, the great task of coaching the year 9 and 10 soccer team at Arndell, uh, which I haven't really played soccer since I was in year 7, so I'm like, what, what are you doing? And they gave me this team, and the team, I reckon half the team, they hadn't played soccer before, so we're like, yes, this is a good start. And I remember we went to our first game, and like we saw the opposition, and they're just doing all these drills and sets, and they're like, it looks like we're versus Sydney FC, like, for real, and, and we rock up and like half of our team have like forgot their shin pads and we're just struggling. And I remember like I got the team together and we did our team huddle and I'm like, what do I do? Like, how do I talk to us as a team? Like, how are we going to face this opposition? This opposition is massive. But let me say, as, as we huddle together before we head out this morning, yes, it's a big task that we have in front of us, but let me tell you, we've got way better coach to hear from than me. We've got Jesus. As we, as we join in a huddle this morning, Jesus has something to say to us, our great and compassionate King. He's got a word for us this morning as we head out. So I'm just going to pray um, that we would be listening. So let's pray again. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. I pray that we would listen to him this morning. And that we would be loving others like him. And I pray all this in his name. Amen. Well, here in our passage, we, we see an expert in the law. And this expert in the law comes up to Jesus and he's got big questions. He's got questions about life and about eternal life and about God. And, and he asks Jesus, well, what have I got to do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus goes, well, you know the law. What does it say? And the guy says, well, it says to, to love God and to, to love others. And Jesus is like, yeah, you, yeah, that's right. Go, go do that. Go love God and, and trust him and, and you'll live. But wanting to justify himself, he says, well, who is my neighbor? In other words, this guy, he, he wants to take out a sieve and kind of sieve through what God's Word has said. Like, God's Word has said that we're called to love God and love our neighbor. And this expert in the law wants to take out a sieve and just go, I kind of want to pick and choose what that looks like. And so in response, Jesus shares this pretty famous story, this parable. And in this parable, it says, Jesus says that there was a man who was traveling. And he was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, I want to pause there for a second and just say that that was really significant because this road kind of had another name. It was known as the road, at least in part, as the valley of the shadow of death. Not, not a nice road. It was kind of treacherous. It was harsh terrain. 
It was rugged. It had this reputation that there would be robbers kind of hanging out looking to target people. Kind of a modern day equivalent would be like an inner city alley somewhere, like a dodgy place, not the safest place. And so, we, so when Jesus says there's a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, like people would have taken a breath and gone, <gasps> well, this expert on the law would have gone, okay, that's, that's a big deal. This guy's traveling there and well, what do we read? He's met by robbers. He's brutally beaten and he's just left there half dead. Brutal. Imagine you're that guy and imagine you're there on the side of the road. You are battered, bruised, beaten. How would you be feeling? You wouldn't be loving life. But you would just be hoping that someone walks past. You might not be hanging kind of too much hope on this dodgy road, but you're kind of hoping someone's going to come and see you and, and give you a hand. And then imagine what this guy is feeling when he sees someone come. But it's not just anyone. The first person that he, he sees coming is a priest. Someone who would have helped out in the temple, a, a religious leader. This guy's probably thinking, if anyone's going to help, it's going to be this guy. And he, as he sees the priest coming closer and closer, he's thinking, great. But then he sees the priest just keep going on the other side. He's probably a little bit confused. But hope arises perhaps again because he sees another person come and it's a Levite, another religious leader. And he sees this Levite come and then keep walking past. It's meant to shock us, this passage. The two people you would expect to stop don't. Like it's kind of like your youth leaders, like, Pre or Simon or Mickey or myself, picture me and I'm, I'm driving in the car and I see someone who's just been mugged in the gutter but I just kind of hoon on past because, I don't know, I'm running late to church or something. Like, you kind of think, Chris, you jerk. Like, that's the reaction we're meant to have for this passage. We're not told why those religious leaders walk past. Perhaps they were running late to the temple Perhaps they were tired. We, we don't know. But what reasons do we give when we walk past the hurting and the broken in our world? Maybe we think, it's not my problem. I've got too much homework. I've got the HSC coming up. I'm tired. I'm stressed. Like, they kind of deserve to be there. I, I don't know. We, we might have all these different excuses why we walk past, but we all have them. However, Jesus goes on and he says that after these two religious leaders pass by, a third man comes. And this man is a Samaritan, a half-Jew, an enemy. Samaritans and Jews, they, they didn't like each other. Like blues and maroons, but so much worse. And yet this guy, he stops. The guy you wouldn't expect. For him to stop on that particular road would have been super dangerous. He's putting himself at risk. And yet he stops and he meets his needs. 
However, he doesn't just stop and ask him how he's going. He, he doesn't just do that. He, he bandages him up like he's generous. And he makes sure that he's actually given proper help. And then after this story, Jesus tells the expert of the law, and he tells us to go and do likewise. See, if we are followers of Christ, we are called to be those that act justly and to love mercy. We are called to be those who don't walk past on the other side. Why? Well, ultimately because our God didn't walk past us. While we were in our sin, in the valley of the shadow of death, awaiting punishment and judgment, while we were there dead, who came to help us? While we were sheep all gone astray, who came to help us? It was Jesus, the good shepherd. He came. He came and he helped us. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. By his wounds we are healed. He died in our place so that through him we can be forgiven, so through him we can live. We love because he first loved us. In Matthew 25, Jesus says that the day will come when Jesus returns and on that day he will separate people into those that trust him and they are, he refers to them as being sheep and those that don't trust him and he refers to them as goats. And we know that we're not saved by what we do. We're saved by trusting in Jesus. But Jesus goes on in, in Matthew 25 that a clear sign, a fruit of those that genuinely trust him and love him will be that we love like him. And we love the least. Because Jesus said, whatever you did for one of the least of these... You did for me. Who are the least? They're the elderly, the homeless, the isolated at school, the lost, the non-Christian. As Jesus' followers, we're called not to walk past. But we are called to be like our Savior and to stop. And to love like him because he laid down his life for us. And so as we huddle together, I, I pray we'd be encouraged by that. And I want to give you a little acronym as we go out. I want to give you something to think about, to latch on to. And it's this, love does. And I want you to think about the word does, D. O-E-S. I want you to think about those letters, and I've got three things from those letters. First one, D, love, does, D for do. I pray that as we go out today that we would actually love by doing things, practically doing things. Doing things that 
maybe other people don't actually want to do. Because Jesus loved us by doing something significant. He died for us. That's D, would we love by doing. And then O-E, we would love by having open ears. I think it's so easy when we, when we go out just to rush past people and to kind of just go, yeah, 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 but we don't actually have open ears and we don't actually listen. But I pray that today as we go out and as we garden and as we go to nursing homes that we would actually have open ears because when we listen to people and when we engage with people, that shows, hey, you're valuable. I care about you. Would we do, would we have open ears, but then S, would we share? Would we share the reason for the hope that we have? Would we share the reason for why we're doing all this? Because if we don't, well, people might just think, okay, those guys from, from that place called HYM, like, what is that? Like, they, they seem nice, they seem cool, but if, if that's all people are kind of left with, that kind of sucks. We, we want to share the reason for why we're doing this, sprinkling Jesus into our conversations so that people would see him. Love does. Would we be those who don't walk past, but would we stop? Because our King did not walk past us. Amen.